0: Be good. Ha
1: <laughs> <laughs> ha Hello, everyone. This is Andrew with Monkey Tooth Podcast. I'm here with my wife, Tiffany, and our dog, Pele. And this is another in our series of interviews with people who are dealing with and working with uh, COVID 19. Uh, this is another uh, nurse. She's a pal of Tiffany's. Her name is Irene. I like her too. I don't know if, I guess, I guess she's my pal. Yeah. Tiffany's shaking her head, yes. I don't think I got on her nerves completely in this episode. Anyhow, um, I like her a lot. I have a tremendous amount of respect for her and what she's doing. uh, She's—I think I said—she's a traveling nurse. She's currently in New York City. She's from Louisiana, but she's in New York City. um, I mean, working her whole ass off in a very dangerous, dangerous scenario, um, and a heartbreaking scenario, and an absolutely just tragic scenario and she's staying upbeat and and doing her job and just uh i don't know i don't even know what to say this woman's incredible and what what all these nurses and doctors and and there's all kinds of other people in the hospital not just nurses and doctors there's techs there's people who clean and and bring food and there's just so many people in the hospital involved. All of them are putting their lives at risk. And, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for these people. Um, we asked her uh, at one point in this podcast about, um, mental health. Like if she's getting any kind of support from, from anyone, uh, because yeah, there's just a tremendous loss of life, um, uh, more than a lot of nurses and doctors have seen in their careers. Um, and that can weigh heavy, and at the time she mentioned something. She's like, ah, maybe I don't know. It's her first, like I think maybe her first or second real day off since she's been in in New York. She's like, oh, I'll go check on it. Uh, so she sent us a text. And I'm just going to read it to you right now. Update: I found out about the crisis counselors that are available at the hotel she's staying in a in a hotel just full of traveling nurses and doctors and people. Um, this is her again. They are real therapists that specialize in trauma and PTSD. I spoke with one for almost an hour. It really helped. They're here for, uh, for free to us. And they're here from all over the country. The therapist I spoke to was from California. So that's a really cool thing to me that um, not only have people come to New York to help out the sick, there are people who have come to New York to help out the people caring for the sick. Um, that's that's awesome to me, and it speaks volumes of the human spirit and what we're all about. I hope you enjoy this episode. Feel free to share it with someone that you think needs to hear it. Um, and stay safe. Be careful. Tell people that you know how much you love them right away. Enjoy this episode with Nurse Irene. Sound good?
0: Sounds great. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I won't act surprised if you tell me some crazy name. Like, my name is Hopscotch Tardlington, okay. and I'm a, you know. <laughs> but you can't use Hopscotch Tardlington right. now, because that's mine.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: Here we go. Uh, okay, so uh, tell us your name, please.
0: I am Irene.
1: And Irene, how long have you been a nurse?
0: For eleven years.
1: Eleven years, and uh, the whole time, have you been in ICU or um, what EP? Where, where where do you work in the hospital?
0: I have been all over in the hospital. Mostly, um, I work in the electrophysiology lab, but I've worked in the ER. I've worked med surge, uh, and I've worked cath lab.
1: Okay. So lots of heart stuff to a layman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, how long, you're originally from Louisiana?
0: Originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, okay. yes.
1: But right now you're in New York, right, correct? New York City?
0: I am in New York City.
1: Are you uh, uh,
0: enjoying a beautiful day right now?
1: Uh, that's great. Spring in New York is something else. You you really really mm. appreciate it because it the winter is so miserable. Um. So you're you're there now. Um. How how did you get there? What, like, uh, you you got a travel company who got you there? How, what was your, um, what was it like getting to New York? So New York, my, I
0: got a travel company. Uh, I was trying to find any place I could. I started in New Orleans trying to look for a job um, and because that's my home and it's near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to help out there first. And circumstances didn't allow me to. I couldn't get on with a company. And then the, the actual hospitals that I used to work for went into crisis mode and they quit Hiring normally and just went into travel companies or trying to get temporary workers, anything they could. But so I kind of fell through the cracks as far as getting a job in New Orleans. So I knew I wanted to help. I knew I wanted to help with this this COVID crisis and help fight it. And New York was my next, was next on the list. So New York, um, there was an opening through a travel company. They were hiring nurses immediately because New York went away with their, um, where you have to get a New York license specifically to work in New York. They just, uh, cut the red tape and they said, we need nurses. We need bodies. We need people to help. And so I answered the call to come help in New York. And I ended up here within a matter of a few days. As soon as I got hired on, got um, my background check, did everything I had to do, I booked a flight, and I was working the very next day. Wow. As soon as I got here, I was working the next day, on the floor, hit the ground running.
1: Wow. That's incredible. And how how long ago was that?
0: Uh, That was April 3rd.
1: April 3rd. Yeah. Wow. So, and today is your day off. Have you gotten many of those since you've been there? No. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine.
0: No, I have not. um, I did have one day off one other time since I've been here, um, but it's been exhausting, um. It's, I, I, and I begged for that day off. I needed it so bad. I was working 14 days straight and 12 hour shifts, just coming, um, wake up, go to work, come back to the hotel, shower, sleep, repeat like over and over again, just like a robot. Yeah. Couldn't do anything else. You know.
1: and And just for context so. for people listening, today is the 21st of april so you've just been just straight up at it for about three weeks that's that's intense it's a lot of work especially the type of work that you're doing and uh, the things that i would imagine you're seeing so do you want to kind of share with us what your your experience has been so far
0: it's been a lot of ups and downs um more downs than ups unfortunately Um, they, so my first day of getting here, uh, didn't really know what to expect. Um, no one's worked a pandemic before. Um, at least that's, you know, alive today. No one's worked, uh, not since what the flu pandemic of 1918. I'm pretty sure nobody's alive since then. Um, or they were babies at the time, but anyway, they have, A lot of people are flying by the seats of their pants. Policies are changing every five minutes. One way to do something, then the next, it changes. Um, So we're learning as we go, and you have to adapt quickly and just accept the changes that are being made. Um, So I get to the floor. I go where I'm needed. My original, I wanted ER. I begged to be in the ER, but ER was actually fully staffed. So they said med surge. And I cringed. <laughs> I cringed. I did not want to be in med surge. <laughs> I was, all, oh, no. Um, can you explain to people? I've done med surge when I. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh, explain what med surge is? Yeah, okay. yeah, if you don't mind. So, no, no. Med surge is the floor where it's always a. You could have as many as four patients or as little as four patients to as many as nine. Well, I've had Uh, nine. Nine patients to one nurse is very intense. Um, It's very exhausting. And they have, you know, these are people who they're all COVID positive. And you have them from all ages, all adults, um, but usually from 20s to 90s is the age range. And these people could have other ailments, other comorbidities, like they're just not healthy, normal, as in they're either diabetic, they have asthma, they have... um, they could have hepatitis, they could have liver problems, um, and so you get the gambit you get it's it's a it's a crapshoot of the patients you're going to get um, and all all adult though it is adult, it's not pediatric, and they could be completely enable to get up on their own or they could be able to get up and go to the bathroom on their own. It it just it depends. Okay. Um but you just know med surge is very, very labor intensive and having to gown up, chain you know, gloves, gown. Well you already have your mask on. You don't take your mask off from the second you're in the hospital. Um head covers, goggles. Um, to make sure you, you don't get anything. And then when you take off your gown, um, once you leave the room, take off your gown and gloves, then you go into the next room. <laughs> and then it's just the same process over and over and over again um, all day long. You don't sit. You sometimes don't take a lunch. Um just because there's no help, so you don't drink. You're dehydrated. Um, it's hard. It's hard.
1: Yeah, when when you said med surge, Tiffany made a face that uh, it sounded just like under normal circumstances, like that would be a shitty place.
2: It's it's very hard. Med surge is very hard. It
1: is. Yeah. So you're doing that now in the midst of a pandemic. You don't normally work med surge right. This is you're you're in all new territory again uh in a new city, a new hospital which I mean that alone, you know, where do you keep the band-aids, you know? <laughs> like where is everything?
0: Exactly. You're
1: going through all that. Um so yeah, I interrupted you. You were telling the story of um uh, of your experience. I just I, I there's a lot of terms I don't know, so <laughs> trying to keep keep up.
0: Right. Well, my first day, um, it's basically, I mean, a lot of people are saying this is like the military, which I have a nurse friend. Um, i made friends with on the floor. She's also an ER nurse ending up on med surge. Um, so we're in the, we're feeling the same pains and, but she is ex army and she said, no, it's, there are some similarities where you are, you're, you're just expected. You are expected to know you are expected to, this is not a learning environment. This is not a teaching environment. This is, you better already know your stuff or you you're going to sink and not swim. So this is not for the faint of heart at all. Um, so asking questions like where are the band-aids is very valid because you do want to know these things but there's no one around to tell you. Um, cause everybody's in a patient room, everybody's gowned up, everybody's contaminated. So you don't want to leave the room to go show somebody where mm-hmm. something is. Um, but you, you have to figure things out on your own and figure them out quickly. Um, uh, if you're going to survive, cause the, the first week was brutal. I mean, just absolutely brutal. It, um, the, the learning, the number one, we weren't finding, we didn't always have gowns, believe it or not. Wow. We'd have a single gown to wear all day long because we were so short supplied. Um, we just now finally, after three, this is my third week, we just now finally have enough gowns to where we can use a new gown every single time we go into a patient's room wow. that, that just finally started happening. Uh, otherwise we would use a dirty gown. We'd put on a dirty gown. And in my mind, I'm thinking I am contaminating myself. I'm going yeah. to get this COVID. I am. Cause how can I ensure I'm putting on this gown properly? That I has been touching a patient Been touching a patient's bed has been all over, mm-hmm. all over the place. How do I ensure I'm putting, taking it off cleanly and putting it back on cleanly? Cause I'm not, mm-hmm. um, you, you can almost promise yourself you're not doing it right. Exactly. And it's, it's scary. It's very, very scary. Um, so we are taking risks of endangering our own lives um, and getting the COVID very easily because we just are very short supplied. Um, of, of the PPE and having to reuse the same gown over and over and over all day long um, and then what else the first day the first day was very very exhausting um, getting acclimated to new personalities new nurses there's only there was only two staff members on my floor that were actual staff members of the hospital. Two. Wow. One was the charge nurse. And one was like the OC, the, the, the person who's over the charge nurse that kind of just stays off in an office and has no patient contact whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So the person who doesn't have patient contact can't really help me. No. <laughs> so I'm down to one. One person and the charge nurse also has nine patients. So it's not like charge nurses shouldn't have patients at all because they're too busy organizing, too busy. Um, They're supposed to be the support staff for the nurses on the unit. They're supposed to be your go-to person. They're supposed to be, hey, when you're already downed up, hey, can you grab me a saline flush or something, you know, whatever you need. Um, yeah all, all those resources are gone everything's gone because we're all in crisis mode and helping you have a patient who's decompensating they're on oxygen and their oxygen levels are uh, in the 80s now normal range a good range is you want it in the 90s high 90s to 100% most of these patients their oxygen levels are in the 80s, 88, high 80s, 88 on three or four liters through the nasal cannula that you see sitting in their nose. So I know my patient's like, okay, well, we need to up their oxygen because their oxygen levels are now 82% on four liters. I crank up the O2 to 6 because that's about all they're going to – they can get on a nasal cannula, that, that little – tiny tube and their oxygenation is like now 84%. And you can tell they're panicked. You see this panic look in that patient's eyes because they're really struggling to breathe. And then I'm like, I need a mask. Get me a mask. I need, give me a non-rebreather. Just give me a face mask. Get me something. I go to the cart, the respiratory cart that has these supplies and there are none. Our hospital wiped out a face mask. So we call a code. We call rapid response. We need to get them intubated because that's their next step because the face masks were out of supplies. Um,
2: wow.
0: And that, it's so scary because I'm like, we went from nasal cannula to intubation in seconds because we were out of supplies. We're out of IV pumps because everybody's on drip and when every patient in a hospital that has 800 beds, there's not a, I can promise you, no hospital has an IV pump for every single room in the hospital. They don't have it. Um, That's insane to have that many anyway. Mm -hmm. So, but when you need it, it's not there. So no IV pumps in the hospital. Then the iv pumps when you do when you are fortunate enough to get one um, the tubing were out of the iv pump tubing so then they just have the gravity which is fine you can work with gravity drip tubing um, and just not use a pump but mm-hmm. then we ran out of the iv pump to, or the tubing that's for by gravity wow. <laughs> it's like one sick cycle after another of losing Supplies.
2: It's very hard um, to do your it's job.
0: Very, it's very scary. Very scary.
2: Yeah. It's definitely a first stuff you experience. Stuff don't
0: think about. Yeah. That's never happened. You take for granted IV tubing. I would have never thought I would be in that um, situation.
2: Yeah, me too. Like, I've, I've never ever experienced that. That's very scary and very unsafe. But you know you're dealing with what you have.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you? um,
0: The looks in people's eyes are scary.
1: I can't even imagine the the oxygen panic is like one of my biggest fears. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to try to comfort someone. Do you even have time to be comforting? I mean, with nine patients, and in the middle of trying to figure things out. I mean, how are you able to? connect with patients
0: well fortunately we've had i'm not not in patients today uh we've gotten more staff in uh more more troops have been deployed to the hospital mm-hmm. so we have the ratio has actually dropped uh considerably and we're now um every uh one to four oh, good. Well, that's, right now
1: that sounds a lot better
0: so Yes, a lot, um, a lot of nurses have come to New York from all over the country and have come to help, and they need it here. I mean, New York is so populated, and there's so many people in the hospital that we need the nurses to make up for it, and every hospital is at full capacity, that they've made convention centers um, an extension of a hospital. Um uh, where these people are recovering from COVID-19 and the convention center says, hey, um, these patients are not so critical anymore. They're on the road to recovery, but they need a little bit more help and they need a little bit more time before they actually make it back home. So we're going to take the ones that are on the mend and give them that... So basically, they're freeing up the hospital room. They're freeing up that hospital bed and taking that patient, that extra step before they go home to make room for more people to come in. Um, So the census, even though people come out, as soon as that bed and that room gets cleaned and sterilized, there's a new person coming right in within minutes. The, The bed never gets a chance to get cold before... There's someone else new sitting on it.
1: So. Mean, have you um, have? Uh, it sounds like you're okay. You haven't been infected. Um, have any of you know your coworkers, nurses, doctors, technicians? Have any of your coworkers fallen ill to this? Yes,
0: unfortunately, yes. Um, we've had well. On the floor where I'm at in the hospital, three. The reason why they, they needed so many nurses in the med surge is because those nurses were actually out with COVID um, and they were gone for a few weeks. So that's why there was one charge nurse there, like one staff. The rest were all travelers. There, um, and now a couple have come back, uh, but that floor was wiped out from COVID um, before we got there. And nurses that have come that I know my house, my hotel that I stay in has been taken over by nurses, nurse practitioners and um, like physician assistants. The entire hotel that I stay at is nothing but nurses um, or medical staff. And, we have from what i know there's four four staff currently in this hotel that are quarantined that are staying that are not allowed to leave their room um at all for at least 2 weeks because they have tested positive wow. and they are sick um but i know that the hospital the the hotel staff has medical staff just for us and are tending to them and helping them and getting them any supplies they need, getting them food, dropping off food, water, medicine. If they need, you know, Tylenol or what, whatever they have people dropping stuff off for them. That's good. And checking in on them and making sure they're okay.
1: What is the, uh, what's the environment like there? Are you able to hang out with anybody? I mean, are you, all having to keep six feet apart when you're not at work? I mean, it seems like if you work together, you can hang out together, right? Or no?
0: You would think. Um, we do work together, and when when we're off, the, the travel agency that I am, I am with has uh, the management over the hotel, and they have the ballroom downstairs in the basement. Um, they keep strict, uh, look out and they discourage anybody from hanging out in their hotel rooms like their hotel room it's one, to one person they don't want anybody hanging out you know and watching netflix together they they do not like that okay. they they really encourage us not to do that granted we're free people we can do it but they really strongly suggest we don't um yeah. And we do have four people under quarantine right now
1: right on right. different
0: floors in the hotel and they just don't want people hanging out like that
1: I guess it makes sense yeah. I mean if if you get one person infected and they don't know it and you know then they're hanging out with someone else and I, I get it mm-hmm. I guess it's man that's really intense so you're you're in a foreign city full-on alone and dealing with um, I, mean, I would imagine it's fairly tragic. I, I don't want to make you talk about anything you don't feel like talking about, but have, have you seen a lot of loss of life on your floor?
0: Um, yes. Yes. Um, some people, we have had a few um, since I've been there, and I've I'm on week three I'm going on uh I'm about to hit my 21 day 21 days of being here um in just a few days and I have seen a few uh which in my 11 years of nursing I'll be honest with you I have never I've never watched anyone pass away before except for one in the ER um I've never I've And that wasn't my patient. I was just helping with a code situation. Um, But I've never personally had a patient until I've come here that I've helped move on to the next life. Um, Some are, some come in with COVID that are, do not resuscitate, do not intubate. And um, they have, they have, um, I had a knock at the door with housekeeping. That's okay. <laughs> they have. Um,
1: I wish we could have gotten that on Mike. Uh, Everyone loves to hear that in housekeeping.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard a little and tap on the door. And I'm like what is that? Oh, because right. I'm never here for them. I'm always at the hospital, so right. I never even know that they come in. I mean, well, I see my bedmate sometimes, but that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. The patients that are. DNI, DNR, um, they come in and they know, I think they know they're not coming out. And that is the, the worst part about that is that their family members can't be a part of that. You know, their family members, are, you become their family and you hold their hand. And that is definitely... You know, something I did not sign up for when I became a nurse. I came in to save lives. You know, I that I, there are definitely nurses that do that, that do palliative care, and but that was never, never a thing I wanted to do. Um, and sometimes I've become that, and I've I've had to put on those shoes that I never intended putting on, and they're they're passing and they, they have told me, they're like, I'm okay. I'm happy. I, I know this is, I know it's close. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I just, I don't want to hear that at all. Um, cause I want, I always want my patients to get better. I always want them to see move on. I want to see them go back to their families. I do not ever, I never planned on this ever. Mm. Um, so it's definitely been a different nursing experience all the way around. Um, it's been interesting to see some have peace with it, and then unfortunately, the ones that you know they want to go home and they don't. Um, it's been it's it's definitely tragic because you do everything you can for them, mm. and doesn't
1: work out well I can't uh I I can't imagine what that's what that's like but I'm I'm glad that there are compassionate people coming across the country to to be there for these people you know I mean yeah they
0: you become it's definitely changed me um this experience, even though it's, it's only been a few weeks. I'm definitely not the same person that touched ground in New York when I got here. Um, number one, like New York, I, I feel such a deeper connection with it, with, with this city and these people and, um, going through this tragedy with them, um, and helping them and holding their hand through it and, when we do see people go home and actually go home healthy, uh, we just start cheering when they leave the floor. We start cheering, and you would think you're amongst a crowd in a football stadium. That's how loud we cheer. And the, their faces just light up, and their faces are excited. I'm like, that. That's why I'm here. That's exactly why yeah. we're doing this is for you. You know, we want you to go home and be healthy. We want you to live to see another day and we want you to excel at this life. And this was just a short setback, but you're going to make it.
1: Well, it's, uh, incredible. We, we just talked to a doctor from Louisiana, um, a couple days ago and, uh, Steph and I were both saying like people in New Orleans know how to deal with tragedy and with you know things going wrong and how to be there for one another and New Yorkers know that as well so it's kind of a cool combo you know you're you're in the you're the right person for the job even though it's you know not necessarily your your favorite part of the hospital and not something that you do you're you're the right lady for the job and that's um that's comforting and it's terrifying at the same time to be the right person for that sort of horrible, horrible scenario. But uh, I'm glad you're there and I'm glad you did it. And uh, I want to know um, you, uh, you know, from your position where you're sitting, is there anything that you want just regular people out there who have, you know, Maybe they they are just sitting at home watching Netflix. Is there anything that you want people to know or want to tell people? well
0: i I want them to realize how how fragile and beautiful and how magnificent uh, their life is, you know and realize how it's not ordinary and how wonderful it is and what a difference that they can make, you know, just helping others is what it's about. And we're all connected and I'm, I'm on the front lines, and they might not be able to be, but I'm in it for them. And I hope when they stay at home and they wash their hands and they, they respect, be social distancing right now. I hope that that's really all I want from them. Yeah. I, I don't want them to be sick. I don't want to see them in the hospital. I don't want to have to, to be their family because their family's not allowed in the hospital right now. I, I will be, but I don't want to be that person. I want them to be with the people that they truly love and know. So... If they can do that and just stay healthy and stay at home or go for their walk but keep the distance, that would be great. Yeah.
1: Are you or any of your coworkers getting any kind of support for, like, mental health? Are you able to, like, talk to anybody about this shit at the end of the day? Are you just, is it too rapid? There's too much going on? Like, what's what's the scenario there?
0: I was... I was telling people, I mean, that I was going to meet a therapist after this. And I meant that seriously and not joking. I will definitely need a therapist after this. And because it's going to have such a lasting effect of, I'm sure there's going to be some, there's going to be PTSD for sure. There's trauma. Yeah, I have, as I was telling that to another nurse that, I work with, later on, like maybe a day or two later, um, our travel agency actually put up a sign saying that they're here, like, I don't know if it's a real therapist, I don't know if it was just a staff member that they're talking to, I don't know if it's a certified, but they have someone now on site in the hotel uh, that we can talk to, um, which is nice <laughs> it's comforting knowing that they're there i haven't had time to stop and talk yet um because i'm too busy um but maybe later today i might actually check it out and see who they are um
1: so that's, i'm it, glad it, that, that's they available. have
0: that here so that's better than nothing <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so um I want you to be able to enjoy your day. We'll we'll, we'll hop off the phone with you soon, but uh, I want to, um, can you give us a sense, because it sounded like when you first got there, I mean, it was short staff, short on supply, short on everything. Has it changed at all? Um, is your patient load changing? Is uh, supply line any better? What What's the scenario now versus three weeks ago? So
0: right now, today, um, we have gotten – we are short on pumps. We're not nothing anymore. We, we have to wait a while to get pumps. Um, they're just not ready readily available. We do have – we still do not have the drip kind of IV tubing. That's always nice um, because guess what? We, those IV pumps that they give us don't always work. Wow, <laughs> and they malfunction. Um, so sometimes you just go to drip, and even though it says we want this normal saline at a hundred mils an hour, um, then we just do gravity and just you know eyeball it. You're like, okay, that's pretty slow. That's slow enough or fast enough to, and we just clamp it. There's a roller clamp, so you can uh, measure the the drips by gravity. Well. That tubing is still non-existent in my hospital. Um, face masks for for the um, the oxygen, still mm-hmm. unavailable. Um, the only thing that we have available is still just the nasal cannulas. Um, no face mask. no non-rebreathers. Um, but that's... We, we now just... Just this week, just yesterday, we finally got enough gowns in to where we can actually throw away the gown after we leave the room. That took three weeks. Um, We still recycle. They still won't give us the new N95. Uh, We have to go. I'm on day nine of my N95. So I'm about to, when I come back, I'm just, I'm like, I need a new one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even think it steals anymore. I Because I'm like, if I can smell things through it, because. With an N95, you can't smell things. Mm-hmm. You can't smell coffee. You can't smell somebody's perfume. You can't smell those things with an N95. Um, my N95, I can smell those things now. So I'm like, okay, it's not working. There's no point in this anymore. It's mm-hmm. just for show. It makes it look like I have something on. Um, so when I go back to work tomorrow, I am going to demand I get a new one. <laughs> um, I hope it yeah, they won't give us new masks. They won't do it.
1: Are you, um, it may be too soon to tell, but do you feel like, are you seeing a light at the end of the tunnel here, or or what's your sense of where this is heading? Uh,
0: We still, as soon as a patient discharges, we get a new patient um, just as fast as they left. So the people are still getting are still getting this virus. People are still getting sick. Um, so I don't, I don't know when it's going to slow down. I hope it slows down soon though. Cause New York needs a break. This world needs a break. Um, we, we need to, to stop this thing and it's still running rapid.
1: Yeah. Well, Irene, um, uh, encouraged that you're there, and you're doing it, and I'm glad you're getting a day off and some rest. Is it a single day off, and then you're right back in it, Montanana? Like no, yeah. just a, yes. no weekend. No. Yeah, this is your weekend. Yeah.
0: yeah, this is my one day off to just meditate. I'm clearing my mind, trying to just relax, and um, I'm staying in my room. But I'm very fortunate. My my windows open in my hotel room I'm on the 11th floor so I'm high up but they do crack open two inches so I do get a little bit of fresh air that's that's good
1: that's nice yeah that's a a big deal yeah (laughs) well enjoy that enjoy that fresh air Uh, you know uh, I, I just am very grateful for everything. Not the least of which is your time to talk to us and tell us about your experience. Um, is is there anything that you? Um, is there any way that other than stay home, wash your hands? Like, is there some way people can help? Is there some kind of like a uh, place people could donate, uh, or you know, anything like that that you're aware of?
0: I have been so grateful of New York. Um, They do the cheering at 7 p.m. and encourages us. It truly does. But every day, um, there's been somebody that donates... um, Somebody has brought off, like, homemade masks. Um, They'll drop it off at the the hospital or um, the mask because I don't like wearing an N95 mask if I'm not in the hospital. Um but I do keep wearing a mask until I get into my hotel room. Then I take take it off. But if I'm not at the hospital, I just wear like a cloth mask. And people have donated cloth masks and that are actually wonderful because you can breathe but you still you're not exposing your, you know, you're not exposing yourself to or exposing other people to you mm-hmm. um, because it, even though I have no symptoms and I do feel very healthy other than tired, <laughs> I feel healthy and I'm grateful for that. But um, I, I don't want to expose anybody else. So I do keep to myself. And but when I do, I go out with just the normal cloth mask. So I love those seamstress and those people who sew those and that are giving them away and donating them to hospital workers and other people to wear, um, and they provide food for us, and they give us every day right outside of my hotel because word got out that this is a healthcare hotel now. Somebody's actually um, the world, um, the world central kitchen has actually donated every night a warm meal for us, uh, and that wow. was special because mm-hmm. we. I live off of sandwiches peanut butter and jelly. Like I keep peanut butter and jelly in my hotel room, a loaf of bread and peanut butter and jelly. So I eat that. Like you, I never thought I would not um, have a warm meal and you you miss it. Like a hot, fresh meal off the stove or out of the oven mm-hmm. is heaven. Especially <laughs> when you don't have it for three weeks and you just have cold food and you're living off of cold cuts and salads, which I love salads. I'm not complaining about that. But having something warm and hot, and it's like soul, like it, it warms your soul and your heart, like inside and out. And um, they've donated that, and that has been oh, the highlight of my day <laughs> when I come home. And they're like, "It's a hot meal." I'm like, "Yes, I've won today." <laughs> I'm happy um, you have that. So that's, it's
2: that's such a nice, loving helps. thing to have, and and through all it of this, is. we need those things. So.
0: Right, and uh, somebody donated. Uh, like I have a my my brother-in-law. He gave me. He's a woodworker, and he's like does a lot of things with like sawing. And he don- He gave me. He bought an N95, like a big case of them from, from all the woodworking. He's like. I've been having these sit in my attic for well over a year and a half because he bought them for projects, you know. He didn't buy them, so he's had it before. and So he gave me his supply. Just I just got the shipment in. Um, supposedly today, it's supposed to be downstairs, and I forgot about it so just talking about it. Uh, so I have to go downstairs and get it because he said he shipped it to me. Nice. Um, so I don't have to go eight days anymore. Without that, I'm so glad we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't forget
1: to go pick up your package.
0: <laughs> so, I will go pick up my package when it gets delivered today. Yeah, that's a good and, that's a good uh,
1: sign. Just in the in the process of this conversation, more good news is coming up. So, <laughs> right, uh, we are uh, right. we're uh, hopeful for you. We're hopeful for New York. We're um, I don't know. We we want you to be all right. So, good luck out there, Irene. Thank you so much and.
0: Um, I know we're, it, it shouldn't, I just pray it's going to end soon. Yeah. How much
2: longer are you there? <laughs> People, three more weeks. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: Till the middle of uh, May, I'll okay. be
2: here. Well, I, I have. May, s- May
0: 16th, I think. Yeah.
2: Okay. I have so much gratitude for you for going out there and, and helping like this, like it's completely selfless act so thank you for for doing what you do. I'm very very happy to know you and know that you're out there because I know you're a great nurse. So thank you.
0: Thank you Tiffany and you are too <laughs> well.
1: all right Irene. We'll uh all right. we'll see you somewhere. Adios.
0: Take care. We need to be